Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. That's Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, and when you have it, say amen. So now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, precious Lord, and I give you praise. I give you glory and honor. Thank you for the atmosphere, Lord. We thank you for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you sit down, give two or three people a high five and uh, get ready. Hallelujah. The title of this word this morning is entitled... Game-changing moments that I believe that God brings us all to a place in our lives where he introduces us to a game-changing moment. Now, the Bay Area is celebrating the NBA championship here because of, I believe, I forgot his name, number 13. What's his name? Or is that his number? The MVP. Durant. I remember it was game four or three in Cleveland and the Warriors were down and then they came back and I remember the very shot that shifted the momentum of the whole game in the series is when Durant rolled up on LeBron and he shot a three the stadium went quiet people got up and started walking out and Durant started running back to And he looked at the king and he says, in your face and your mama too. And he kept going. (laughs) It shifted the game. It shifted the momentum. And it shifted the outcome of the series. That was a game-changing moment. I believe that God brings his people to a place. It don't matter whether you are high in life or low as can be. But God will bring you to a place of a game-changing moment that will literally shift you and alter the course of your future. Because God is a good God. God loves us, and he cares about everything that you go through. I believe some of you today will be a game-changing moment for you. I didn't come all the way from Los Angeles to talk to everybody, but I believe I'm going to reach somebody today that needs an encouraging word that will literally shift you into the destiny in which God has for you. I believe that some of you, your ministry might be dead. Your business might be dead. The vision that God has given you might be dead. Even the marriage you're in is dead. But I'm here to let you know that God's about to show up 
And he's about to shift some things. He's about to bring some things to life. He's about to resurrect some things. And he's going to breathe life into you. Because the Bible teaches us that God, who gives life to the dead, calls those things as though they are not as though they are. So what God does is he sees something in the supernatural that you can't see. All you see is the misery that you're in. All you see is everything that you touch turns to mud. All you see are the doors that are being slammed in your face. But God is working on the background on your behalf because he's about to shift some things and catapult you into your destiny. If you believe what I'm saying, give the Lord a big clap and a shout. There are some of us here, just like Abraham, you're minding your own business, you're carrying on, and all of a sudden God is about to visit you, and he's going to say, this is your game-changing moment, but guess what? You're going to have to leave some things behind. If you notice, the word of the Lord says that God told Abraham that he was to leave his family. Ooh, that's a tough one. How many of you got that one uncle... That's always negative. Actually, I have two. But how many of you just have one? Or you have that Aunt Bolita who all she wants to do is gossip and get you involved and bring you down. And yet, because they're family, we feel obligated to tolerate them. Church, listen. God told Abraham that he had to leave his family. God told Abraham that he had to leave his country. You know what country represents? Our culture. And I don't know about you, but I live in L.A. I live in Hollywood. And there's a whole lot of weird culture going on. And it's affecting even the church. When God told the church that we are to be a light on a hill, to be different, but somehow we find ourselves compromising so that we can win those And we start acting like those who God has called us to deliver. Then he tells them, you got to leave your house. House represents familiarity. How many of you go home, you got all, you're all holy, you got it all worked out here. You know exactly when to raise your hand. You know when to shout a little tongue. You know when to... All right, I'm sorry. Did I just walk into a Baptist church? I'm not sure. You know exactly how to do the church thing, but when you're at home, come on, church. God told Abraham, Abraham, you're about to have a game-changing moment, but there's some things you got to change, and there's some things you got to walk away from. See, his game-changing moment was different than that of Joshua, was different from that of Gideon, was different from that of Lazarus, was different from that of David. His game-changing moment required him to move out of something and step into something new. See, God has been calling you to step into something new, but you know what? You're loyal to your homies, and it's your homies that are bringing you down. You're loyal to your family And it's your family that is bringing you down. Now, I'm not saying not to be loyal, but you understand what I'm saying. There's just some folks you got to cut out of your life if you're going to walk in the plans and the purposes that God has for you. God told him, get out of his house. 
Get out of those things that you're familiar with and step into something new. You know what I've learned? In the years that God has brought deliverance to my life, at first I was bound, broke, busted, and disgusted about a lot of things. But God would be bringing me through a time of deliverance, and this is where it got kind of weird. And I know that if it got weird for me, it might get weird for some of y'all. But when we learn to walk in the new, when we learn to move in that game-changing moment and and strive in that game-changing moment, when we move into something, we begin to step into unfamiliarity. And God brings us to a place where he frees us from those things. And we don't know how to act. We don't know how to respond. We don't know how to maneuver ourselves at the new level that God has for us. So therefore, if we are so uncomfortable at that level of being free, guess what we do? We pull back. Or when it gets too hot in the kitchen, we get out of the kitchen. Because we're so familiar with being bound. We're so familiar with being a, 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 being a person that's always, well, like they say in my neighborhood, tore up from the floor up. Right? Peter was the same way. He was no different than us. He put his pants on one leg at a time just like we do. But what happened? Peter was a great man of God that hung out with Jesus. Let me show you how human nature is. Peter saw Jesus do great miracles. In fact, he was also involved in many of those great miracles. But what happened? What does the word of God say when Peter denied Christ those three times? See, let me take you back a little further. What was Peter doing when Jesus came to him and encountered him and gave him that game-changing moment? What was Peter doing? He was fishing. Well, let me show you how human nature is. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He saw Jesus do great things. But when he denied Jesus, what was the first thing he did? He went back fishing. What's my point, church? We can be walking in a great season of our lives, and we are experiencing great things. But the minute that we fall or make a mistake, guess what we do? We go back to do the stuff that we used to do. When the reality is that if you would just press through when nothing's happening, your breakthrough and your next level is there. Are you with me? Game-changing moments. We all will experience them. The question is, are we willing to strive and walk in these moments to get familiar with the new you? See, because... God was doing a new thing in Abraham. And new literally means new. It means doing something new. It it means getting away from old habits and developing new ones. It means getting away from some old, it may mean getting away from some old friends. Because I don't know if I can still hang out with my homeboys I used to hang out with in Studio 47. I just don't know if I could preach the gospel and be dancing. All right, no, don't know none of y'all know about that. Okay, my bad. I don't know if I could just hang out with my old buddies from back in the day because it just won't be the same. That don't mean I don't like them. It's just that we don't talk the same language. We don't 
walk in the same kingdom. We don't, we don't do the things the same way. So when God had to literally, geographically, had to pull me out of San Jose, because I have some of my best, my best friend in the whole wide world, which is your uncle. God had to separate us because we were traviesos, man. We were troublemakers. Like I told the, uh, the, the church earlier, I said, we didn't go to high school. We went to school high. And I got the same reaction, but it's your laughter that gets you familiar with what I'm saying because you probably went to school high too, right, Rose? Hi, Julie. Not them, of course. They walk on water. But when you step into something new, for many of us, it's unfamiliar. And we don't even know how to act at that next level. We don't know how to treat folks at that next level. We don't know how to function at that next level. See, I, I deal with deliverance ministry all the time. And when people get delivered, they don't know how to. They want to go back and do what they used to do. But they're free. They don't have a desire for it. But they want to go back because that's all they know. See, and God had to pull me out of San Jose completely. Ship me off to Los Angeles. I'm not saying it was any better because it probably was worse. But I had to start all over. I had to make new friends. I met my wife out there. And I thank God because I'll come to San Jose and none of my homies say, oh, yeah, I was with her when I was in 10th grade. They can't say that. <laughs> no, you didn't, player, because she grew up here. And you grew up here. And vice versa. She'll takes me in front of all her friends, and ain't none of them can say, oh, yeah, I know him from Vario Tortilla Flats. No, you don't, because I'm from up north. You begin to walk into something new because this game-changing moment requires for us to function at the new level. God said to Abraham, Abraham, get out of that country. Get away from your family. Get out of your house because you're about to step into the plans and the purposes of God. It was a game-changing moment. Gideon was threshing wheat, and he was a man full of fear. He was a man full of intimidation. He was a man full of doubt. He was probably depressed. He was probably oppressed and probably even demon-possessed. He struggled with anxiety. He struggled with fear because he would hide from the enemy. And if you go and read the story in the book of Judges, it was the Midianites that would rob the Israelites of their harvest. Every time they sowed and every time they would work hard and every time they'd see their harvest, the enemy would come in. And rob them of their hard work. Now how many of us here, you've been sowing for years, you've been sowing your finances, you've been sowing your time, you've been sowing your life. And right when you're about to get your breakthrough, the enemy comes in and he robs you of your harvest. That would make anybody want to run and hide. That would make anybody want to walk in fear. That would make anybody be intimidated. But see, the Bible says in the book of Judges, and he was just about to have his game-changing moment when he was full of fear and hiding, God shows up. 
he speaks to him. And he says, mighty man of God, rise up. But see, he didn't respond immediately and say, oh, yeah, let's do this. No, the Bible says that he gave God every excuse why he couldn't do what he was already designed to do throughout eternity. You understand me? You, listen to me closely, and this is not a cliche. I believe because you were created in the image of God, according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that you have been designed to live a life of victory. But somehow, some way, we've bought into the lie of the enemy, and we've missed out on great opportunities to walk like kings and queens in our city. Let me take this a step further. I believe that every one of us is supposed to walk in royalty. I believe that you're supposed to walk inside your CEO's, your CEO's office and, you're, and, and he is supposed to respect you. But this is the problem with many church folks. And this is where we've gone wrong as preachers in teaching God's people. How can we expect you to hang or, or to walk or to strive with kings when we still have a slave mentality. How is God going to put me in front of some of the great actors of America if I don't think I belong? And I'll tell you why I'm saying that in a little while. Why do you think God don't put me in front of the owner of Ford or, or the owner of Microsoft or the owner of Apple? Because something inside me tells me you don't belong. Wait a minute. Aren't I a child of the most high God? See, some of you are even struggling with what I'm telling you because you just can't get past this poverty mentality. I preached earlier today and I said, listen, I talked a little bit about Lazarus. The Bible says that Lazarus was born in Bethany. Bethany literally means lack of. And poverty. So he was born into lack. He was born into poverty. Never really got to function because there's no other stories in the Bible that talk about the great things that Lazarus did. He was a friend of Jesus. In fact, the Bible goes on to say that he was sick and he was a friend of Jesus. That's interesting because it tells me that you can be a friend of Jesus and still be sick. Are you listening? See, there's people in the church, church, we're sick mentally, we're sick emotionally, we're sick physically. And yet God is saying, wait a second, didn't I send my son so that you can have life and life more abundantly? The Bible says in 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of darkness. And I just believe that if we're not walking in the fullness of God, then we're entertaining darkness. But see, we don't want to hear that, right? We don't want to hear that. I believe this morning that many of you are about to experience a game-changing moment. That God's about to shift some things inside you. Because God, see, see, because like Lazarus, who was dead, many of you, your marriage might be dead. Your vision might be dead. The purpose that you have, the dream that you have might be dead. Your business 
is on life support. And yet Jesus is about to change that today. You're about to have a game-changing moment that will alter the course of your destiny. That will shift some things around. I believe that there's some of you here that there's a financial blessing just waiting on the other side of you just saying yes to God. You're talking to somebody that knows what it's like to live broke. Knows what it's like to live from check to check. But I also know what it's like when the financial blessings come. I was praying for somebody earlier today, and they were asking they needed a financial blessing. The first thing that came to me is when the word of the Lord said, the word of God says this, that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And don't you think that because you're a child of the most high God, that if you need a financial breakthrough, that God will sell a cow for you? Think about that. Some of you are about to experience a game-changing moment. I got two minutes, three minutes here. But let me tell you about this game-changing moment in my life. I was preaching one day in my church. And there was a young lady sitting three or four rows in the front. And I was just preaching my heart out. I was sweating, spitting everywhere like I'm doing now. And uh, she, she, she went to meet me in my information booth in the back. And she introduces herself to me. And she has another lady with her, an African-American lady. And I looked at the African-American lady. She looked familiar, but I just didn't know. You know how you see a face like, I've seen that person before. And I realized, you guys ever see uh, Next Friday with Ice Cube? Remember when he went to go live with his uncle in uh, Rancho Cucamonga? And he had a girlfriend? Well, that was her. And she was sitting there listening to me preach. So they walk up to me. And I've, I've even had Sheila E. come and sit in the third, fourth row. Come up to me and say, hey, you're blessed. I said, yeah, well, you're the glamorous life. <laughs> Those of you who are not from the 80s, you'll never. <laughs> my bad. Isn't today's rap horrible as compared to Tupac and all that? Anyways, I, quick commercial. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Millennials, you're not going to like me after that, but anyway. <laughs> so as a preacher that preaches there in Hollywood, North Hollywood, you'll get people that come through. Uh, what was that Disney Channel guy? He's all tore up now. Anyways, that's so Raven's little brother comes to my church every now and then, but keep, keep him in prayer. He needs deliverance. But um, once in a while, they walk through the church. That's my, my point. So this uh, young lady comes up to me in the back, and she goes, hey, I really like your, your style of preaching. I said, all right. And, and she goes, um, I'm the owner of LA Style Magazine, and I want you to start writing for my magazine. And it's a high fashion magazine. It's a male magazine on this side, and it's a ladies magazine on this side high end uh, they, they they own la style they own dallas style magazine new york style magazine and miami style magazine so i'm listening to her she says hey i want you to write for my magazine and i said what am i gonna i know nothing about fashion 
my wife makes me wear these skinny jeans because it makes me look 30 years or younger or else I'd still be wearing baggies. What do I know about fashion? She goes, no, I don't want you to write about fashion. I want you to write about that same Jesus that you're passionate about. So here, this is the third issue that I've been writing for a fashion magazine. Now watch this. I didn't go looking for Hollywood. Hollywood came looking for me. I'm just that kid who grew up on Genie Avenue just off of McLaughlin that grew up on the other side of the tracks. There is nothing different about me than you. The the only difference is that, you know what, God, I'm tired of doing things my way, and I want to do something your way. And God put me in a place where it became a game-changing moment, and now I'm impacting the homosexual community. I'm impacting the fashion community. I'm impacting Hollywood because a guy just chose to say yes to Jesus, and that became my game-changing moment. What am I saying to you, young man, young lady? What am I saying to you, CWC? That we have the power and the ability to go beyond the four walls of the church and make an impact in the seven mountains in government, in education, in entertainment, in fashion, and in everything. You have the power to get outside the church and make a difference. There is an anointing on you for creativity. There's an anointing on you for new ideas. There's an anointing on you for different concepts that will reach this world. Game-changing moments. It's in you. I just recently finished my first book. It'll be out by next month, the latest. It's called Cultural Architect. You're going to love it, I promise. But God already gave me a new idea called Image is Everything. Yeah, it sounds a little conceited. But if you read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, you'll find out that you were created in His image. His image. So I believe that the Spirit of the shift you today I just came out of one of the most darkest seasons of my life the devil don't want me doing this the devil don't want you to do what you're about to do but like Abraham God told me I had to leave some things behind It was one of the most difficult times of my life because I had to die to JR. And that was probably one of the most difficult things, the things I loved. Even the secret sins that I enjoyed, I had to deal with that. And I had to have the Holy Spirit deal with me. I resigned my church in November. And actually, today's my first day preaching since then. 
But God took me through a time of deliverance and God took me through a time where I had to deal with the dark side of my soul. My wife will tell you there were times I wouldn't even come out of my room. I just stayed there. My father will say, hey, dude, what are you doing? I said, I I just don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to talk to nobody because I ain't got nothing good to say to anybody. There were even times that I, I got physical with one of my relatives. And I'm like, this isn't me. But see, I was being, God was delivering me. He was taking me out of something. Because he was about to, I was about to have a game-changing moment. And there are many of us here, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're there yourself. You're frustrated because nothing has turned out. In fact, things have gotten worse, not better. And this is your day for change. This is your day for transition. Listen to me. You're graduating today. You're graduating today. I want us to stand. I feel the anointing so strong. You know, it's amazing because every time I come to CWC, the anointing's. I there's there's times I. I'll, feel, I'll be praying for people and I'm just weeping with them because I feel the presence of God so strong. And the Lord is here. I may not have come for everybody, but I came for somebody today. And today's your game-changing moment. You know what it's like because you too have been dealing with those things in your life and, you're, and you don't want them. You're, you're like, God, when are things are going to change? When is my heart going to change? When is my attitude going to change? And today's your day. Today's your day. Today's your day.
revelation and how to pray and what to pray for. But the Spirit of the Lord says that today is your day. That today is the day that I alter the course of your destiny. There's a thing called activation. Activation. Remember that word. Say that with me. Activation. And activation happens when, when you take somebody. Aaron, give me your hand. When you take somebody by the hand and the anointing is released from you to him and it activates his gifts. His gifts may not necessarily be my gifts, but the Lord says that I'm taking you to a new level in business strategies, Aaron. Business strategies going to be a big money maker. I bet I bet your wife's happy about that word, isn't she? You're going to be a big money maker, man. You've always been different, Aaron. Your heart has always been different than even those in your family. Just receive it. Breathe in. Somebody, uh, it's on, on this side. Somebody has lower back problems. Who, who over here has a lower back? Come here. I knew it was you, but I'm still getting used to things again. <laughs> Lift your hands. There it is right there. That's the Spirit of God all over you, sister. Touch her in the back. God's about to use you to bring healing to her. Touch her right there in her back. There it is. Feel the healing. I love the new generation. I love the new generation. There it is right there. Just take it. Just take it. Now, I want you to do what you could not do because you had a sore back. Go ahead. Just begin to move over. If you can, I want you to bend forward. What I'm trying to do here is raise the faith of God's people. I know some of y'all are why ain't you, some of y'all are like, well, why aren't you praying for those who have cancer? Well, if you just believe me for the lady who has a bad back, so we can grow into this. How's that sound? How do you feel? something scares me about I think I'm going to move into a different dimension than I ever have before and I'm kind of nervous about it but I also know that people need to be healed and if God can do it for somebody like me listen guys I'm from your neighborhood he could do it for you thank you for downloading this message 
For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.